What is going on, mere mortals? My name is John Solo, and this is the Messed Up Origins Podcast, the show where I take the myths, folklore, and fairy tales you grew up with and explore their messed up origins. This week, our season of spoopy content continues with what may be the most infamous piece of Latin American folklore, La Llorona, the Weeping Woman. Now, if you've never heard of La Llorona, don't sweat it, because before I researched her for the original version of this episode on YouTube, I really only knew her name and the fact that she had Spanish roots, but that second part's pretty much a given if you know her name. What I learned during my research, though, that has been burned into my brain forever, and the Latin Americans listening to this would probably say the same thing, only for you folks, it's been since childhood. For the uninitiated, La Llorona is a ghost who's known for kidnapping and brutally murdering children who misbehave or wander away from their parents after dark. Wearing a white gown, she roams the rivers and creeks, wailing into the night and searching for children to drag to a watery grave. She is heartless, she is relentless, and if you're unlucky enough to hear her cries at night, you've been marked as her next victim, and she'll stop at nothing to steal your soul. But who is La Llorona really? Why does she go after children? And where did her story come from? The answers to those questions are as unsettling as they are fascinating, so I suggest that you brace yourself for the very messed up origins of La Llorona. Chapter 1. The Legend of La Llorona If you're a fan of ghost stories, then you're no doubt aware that behind almost every evil spirit or demonic presence is a tragic tale that explains how the spirit in question ended up being trapped on Earth cursed to haunt humans forever. And La Llorona is no exception to this rule, so I think the best place for me to start breaking down her legend would be from the very beginning. Let's talk about La Llorona's life before she turned into an evil spirit that wants to kill your children. So according to myth, La Llorona was once a Hispanic woman named Maria who was as beautiful as she was vain. She was born into a very low status family, one might even call them peasants, but she always knew that she would escape that life by snagging herself a rich man. Throughout her youth and transition to adulthood, she had many suitors who tried to claim her heart, but Maria never gave them any attention until the day she met Armando. He was a wealthy, handsome rancher with a seemingly untamable wild side, and all the women wanted him. But Maria knew exactly how to stand out among the competition by being the only one who didn't go after him. Being ignored by such a beautiful specimen drove Armando nuts, and he did everything in his power to get her attention, from singing her beautiful ballads to buying her lavish gifts. And when Maria felt the time was right and that she had him wrapped around her finger, she finally gave in. She went on a date with Armando, and soon enough, they were happily married. For a long time, life was great for Maria. She and Armando had two beautiful children, she lived in a nice house, and she really didn't want for anything. But you know the saying, all good things must come to an end. Over time, Armando paid less and less attention to his wife and would sometimes even leave home for months at a time to go do some crazy cowboy shit. And on the rare occasion he was home, he would only really pay attention to the kids. Rumors even started going around that he was going to marry another woman of a higher status. Now there's a few different versions of what goes down next, but just a warning, none of them are pretty. In one version, Maria and her children are walking along the river when she spots Armando with another woman on the other side. In another, he comes to visit his children with his new rich wife and doesn't even acknowledge Maria during the visit. Either way, Maria finds herself enraged at the man that she once loved, and to get back at him, she disposes of what he loves most in the world, 
his children. In the most common telling, Maria throws her children into the river and watches the current pull them under and carry them away, but soon enough realizes how horrible of a mistake she just made and tries to rescue them. She runs along the river, hopelessly reaching out for their little arms in a desperate attempt to save them, but they're pulled under and carried away right in front of her eyes. Refusing to believe they're gone though, she keeps running and keeps searching until she completely drains herself of energy and collapses dead on the ground. But there's another version that's even more intense if you can believe it, where instead of tossing them in a fit of frustration, she holds them under the water until they drown. In that telling, Maria usually ends up committing suicide out of regret, often by drowning herself in the river immediately after. Either way, Maria's body is found the next morning by some people in a nearby village, so they dress her in white and bury her before noon. But her story's not over yet, my friends, because that night, those same villagers heard a woman crying down by the river, my children, my children, where are my children? And when they went to investigate, they saw a woman wearing a white dress just like Maria was buried in. But how could that be, you're probably wondering. If Maria was buried, then she couldn't possibly be walking around looking for her children. Well, according to legend, when Maria got to Heaven's Gates, they wouldn't let her in because she wasn't with her two children. So now she's doomed to wander the earth forever, trying to find them. Joke's on her though, because her kids already were in heaven. She had actually gone to hell and she was on punk. Okay, I may have made up that last detail, but that's what's so great about urban legends and folklore. They grow and change with every person who tells them, and I am definitely not the only person who's added to that story. Because while it started as Maria's ghost just crying real loud and looking for her kids, which by the way is how she got the name La Llorona, weeping woman, her spirit soon went from just creepy to deadly. Instead of just looking for her own children, she lures others away from their parents. So when she can get them alone, she drags them down to the river, kicking and screaming, and drowns them. Then their soul be forced to live in the same spirit world as hers, along with all the other children she's killed during countless attempts to replace her own. And that's why to this day, Hispanic parents tell their children La Llorona's story, not just to scare them, but as a warning. If you come back home too late, La Llorona might get you. If you wander away from me at any time, La Llorona might get you. If you don't eat your vegetables, you get the idea. Depending on who you ask though, La Llorona might have a different target. Sometimes she goes after adulterous husbands, other times after abusive parents. I know, kind of hypocritical, but we'll give her a pass because they're abusive parents. They deserve whatever happens to them. The one thing that remains consistent though is you do not want to hear the sound of her cries because if you do, you're next. Chapter two, La Llorona explained. This is normally the part where I tell you where La Llorona's story comes from, the author responsible for her creation, or another tale that she was inspired by, but unfortunately, the records of this one's origins don't go back very far. I can tell you that her story originated in Mexico and has been traced back 500 years to the days of conquistadors, but that's really it. Now, with that being said, I still learned a lot about this story. For example, that La Llorona belongs to a category of ghosts called white ladies. No, not that kind. While their stories all differ when it comes to the details, white ladies are female ghosts who wear white and are often seen in rural areas with local legends. Those legends usually consist of some kind of accidental death, a murder, or suicide, and there's often a theme of loss, betrayal by a husband or fiance, or unrequited love. And these stories are found all over the world. For example, in the Republic of Malta, there's a legend about a woman who was about to be forced into an arranged marriage, but on her wedding day, she committed suicide by jumping off a 
balcony. To this day, she's known as the White Lady because she was wearing her wedding gown when she died and she's said to haunt the Verdala Palace. Now over in the Philippines, White Lady stories are especially common, but the most famous one by far is about a lady who died in a car accident on Bali Drive while wearing a white dress. Legend says that if you're driving down the road at night, you might see a beautiful woman asking for a ride, but when you let her in your car, her face will be covered in blood and bruises. Then, if that hasn't already terrified you enough to abandon your car completely, if you try to take her to her destination, she'll disappear into thin air before you even get there. There's actually a lot of stories about her that come out of the Philippines, so if you're interested, just Google it. Back to La Llorona though, believe it or not, there are other stories out there that are pretty similar to hers, only they're not so much ghost stories as they are Greek myths. There's one myth in particular that starts off just about the same way every other myth starts off with Zeus getting a boner. There's this Libyan queen called Lamia that he falls in love with and impregnates a few times before Hera finally catches him, and when she does, the queen of the gods does not hold back. Depending on the version, Hera either killed Lamia's babies herself, or she transformed the adulterous wench into a monster and made her eat that. Then when Lamia came to, saw what she'd become and what she had done, she was so horrified that she ripped out her own eyes. But get this, because the remains of her dead children were the last thing she ever saw, Hera cursed her to always have that image in her head. Her only escape was a gift from Zeus, magic eyes that she could take out when she wanted to sleep. During the day though, that's when Lamia would go from city to city, devouring the children who wandered away from their parents. As you can see, not the exact same story, but a very similar format and outcome. That obviously doesn't mean they're connected, but I think it's so interesting how many different cultures around the world have come up with similar myths and archetypes. It says a lot about human nature and how deep down we all have a lot in common despite what some people would like to think. Now, I've got one last story that might surprise you. Even if you hadn't heard La Irona's story before you saw this video, you may have heard her name without even realizing it, if you saw the movie Coco. Toward the end of the movie, Amelda Rivera sings a famous folk song about La Irona during the Sunrise Festival while trying to avoid Ernesto. Similar to the legend, no one actually knows who wrote that song, but it was popularized back in 1941 by Andre Henestrosa. The lyrics are long and very repetitive, so I'm not going to bother going through them, but there's a popular interpretation that makes the song a parallel to the horror story. The theory goes that the singer is feeling trapped in a relationship by a weeping woman, La Llorona, because every time he tries to leave her, she cries, and he pities her so much that he stays. The suffering the singer goes through from being trapped in the relationship is said to parallel the suffering that the woman in the legend goes through from having her husband leave her. However, I have a different theory. I say the song is the La Llorona story from the husband's perspective. Maybe before he cheated, he tried to leave her multiple times, but because she would always go into hysterics, he found that his best chance of escape was just to run off and cut her out of his life completely. That's why when he went back to visit his kids, he wouldn't even acknowledge her existence because if he did, he would feel so guilty that he would get back with her. Again, just a theory, but not a bad one if I do say so myself, especially considering that I don't even speak the language that the song was written in. Thank you all for tuning in to the Messed Up Origins podcast. We're posting episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So don't forget to sacrifice the five-star and follow buttons to the algorithm gods to make sure they bless your feed with more mythological and folklore content. If you have any thoughts on this episode you'd like to share, like if you really enjoyed it or are dying to correct my pronunciation of something, hit me up under the Messed Up Origins handles on Twitter and Instagram. And to those who are craving more Messed Up Origins, feel free to check out other episodes episodes of the podcast or look up my YouTube channel called John Solo to experience the original episodes complete with visual aids and custom made artwork. 
until next time, Solo fam, my name is John Solo, and don't forget, John shot first. <laughs>